Hi everyone, this is Tim Martinez, Impact Healthcare's uh, co-founder and CEO. I'm happy to share with you all that I'll be conducting a weekly interview style employee spotlight uh, so that we can all get to know each other a little bit better and hear directly from the amazing people that make up this organization. I'm excited to, to, to do these interviews and I hope uh, you enjoy them. This week's spotlight is on Abby Davis, LCSW clinical supervisor, three year plus um, MPAC uh, employee and somebody with a unique perspective um, and how she got to MPAC. So let's, let's get to know Abby. What's up, Abby? Hey, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Pretty good. All right, so um, you have a little bit of a unique way in terms of how you got to MPAC um, versus I think most of the folks that just kind of find us on Indeed and go through the interview process because um, of your unique background of being a, um, were you an executive director? Correct, yep. Of, of one of the communities that we worked with. So yeah. um, maybe maybe start there. What, um, what were you doing pre-MPAC and um, kind of what led you here? For sure. Um, I always been attracted to working with people and working in healthcare and things like that. So I, right out of grad school, was interested in anything related to that. Um, and found myself uh, working right out of school um, in a nursing facility. I was a social worker there um, and doing a lot of discharge planning, um, lots of case management, that sort of thing. Uh, very quickly learned that discharge planning was not what I wanted to be doing with my career. It wasn't for me. Something always went wrong uh, and the Virgo in me was not a fan of that. So um, I took advantage of opportunities as they were presented to me with the company that I was working with at the time, which ultimately meant that I transitioned um, into like the administrative side of things. I was an assistant administrator for a while, um, like you mentioned, executive director at a few facilities. Um, and, and kind of caught myself, you know, doing things that I didn't get into social work to do, you know, very necessary things in the facility, prepping rooms for new admissions, cleaning toilets, that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> but not, I didn't have that, like, this is what I want to be doing with my career feeling. Yeah. Um, and kind of just started to explore other options. Uh, I really miss that like patient interaction. Um, it, it kind of felt like just because of the nature of the position that I was in, the only time I got to spend with patients or their family members is when they had a complaint about something. <laughs> and that's when I would like swoop in to like try and resolve the issue, lots of problem solving. Um, but I didn't have that like one-on-one -on -one relationship building supportive relationship that I was looking for. So I uh, started exploring uh, other options and one of my previous coworkers had also transitioned out of the company that we were working with 
to a new company um, and was the administrator at a facility who was looking for an NPAC LCSW to provide support to her residents there. So uh, we connected, um, I interviewed with Courtney and I guess the rest is history. <laughs> so um, before we dig into that a little bit, we did have a nurse practitioner in, I think maybe the last building you were, you, you were headed up, right? To Carlton. Yes. Yeah. So, so you saw sort of from the medical perspective, right? What impact was about. Um, and you're actually, I can think of at least two now former administrators turned MPAC LCSWs that were essentially clients of ours at some point. And there's, there's actually more now former clients, but they weren't, weren't administrators, but um, so you knew the medical side and actually if you joined us at the end of 2018, we were just starting to roll out the LCSW program. So it was kind of, it was something new for us. Courtney had come on and, 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 and piloted it for like eight months, kind of built it, fine-tuned it as much as we we thought was necessary, and then we're rolling it out. So you were one of the early, early LCSWs to come on board. Yeah, absolutely, which I didn't realize at the time. It, it seemed like a well-oiled machine, so. I mean, yeah, it was as well-oiled as it could be at that point. We, <laughs> we've, we've, we've adjusted along the way as much as we've needed to, but uh, it was it was in pretty good shape. <laughs> yeah, for sure. As you do, right? <laughs> right. That's right. Adjust always. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you came on in Lakeview, I believe you were, right? Yep. Um, so that, that was one of our early adopter buildings, actually, with, with the program. So you came on, you obviously knew the space, mm-hmm. um, and it sounds like got to do what you were really looking to do, which is be, a, be, be, a, be an LCSW interacting with patients, did that for a couple of years. Um, is there something that sticks out in your mind, some a story that you'd be willing to share that's sort of meaningful for you, some kind of interaction or, um, you know, something that transpired with a patient or a family or anything like that? Of course. I, I would say it's hard as a social worker because obviously we want to treat, well, in any healthcare position, I would say. We want to treat everyone the same. You know, we're providing the same level of care to everyone that we come in contact with. But I think there are just certain individuals that you click with personality wise. Um, And there were, you know, a few patients that I worked with one-on-one that I had that sort of like more special relationship with. but one in particular that I can think of um, who really didn't have any support uh, in her life, no support system. Her family had passed away. Um, she never was married or had children. She was an only child wow. um, and didn't, and, and her friends had passed away too. She was in like her mid nineties, I believe when I started working with her in the facility. So we talked a lot about that and how she would have um, more passive suicidal ideation. Like she was, she's like, I lived my life. Yeah. I had a good life and I'm, I'm like, I'm ready when the time comes. So yeah. um, we talked a lot about like, initially like trying to build relationship with 
peers at the community, um, addressing her depressive symptoms, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and her faith was really important to her too. So um, eventually, like, just, I don't, again, she's just one of those patients that I felt like I clicked with. Yeah. Um, she gave me dating advice. Like, she just <laughs> was like a great human being, great person. Um, <laughs> Never date a man who drinks tequila is what she <laughs> advised me. What? Okay, you noted. That's what she said. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to strongly um, disagree with that one. Right. right. <laughs> Maybe so cheap, like, cheap tequila. Cheap fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There. That's true. That's fine. <laughs> um, but her, like her faith and her, you know, being a Christian was really important to her too. So that was something that we talked a lot about in sessions as well. Um, and I actually, she was in the facility at like the very beginning stages of COVID. Um, and she kind of, you know, she was alert and oriented, but didn't completely understand what was happening yeah. with COVID and us asking patients to stay in their rooms and wear a mask and things like that. Um, and I, you know, she eventually started to have symptoms of COVID. This was like pre-tests being available to everyone readily. Um, pre early that on sort that, yeah. of thing. So there was a day where she was, you know, staying in bed, which was very unlike her personality. And um, I pulled up a chair, sat next to her, held her hand and prayed with her for a while and, you know, gave her like that support. We chatted like very briefly, but um, the next time I came into the facility, she had passed away. And I, I feel like it was like one of those eye opening interactions that first of all, like these things that are happening with COVID is no joke and yeah. this is real and it's yeah. becoming a huge issue. Um, but also that I'm not necessarily here in, the, in this position to make, you know, like these significant changes in people's lives, but more so to be there as, support to them with whatever they're dealing with and whatever is happening in that moment. So I felt confident that I was able to provide that support to her yeah. um, in that moment when she was assumingly feeling very lonely um, and probably scared too. So um, yeah, she was, she's someone who kind of sticks out to me in general. That's super sweet. Thanks for sharing. Um, I kind of went out of order here a little bit. I didn't cover like what ultimately made you decide to come to MPAC. I know you had a friend that said, Hey, you know, I'm running this building and we're, we're looking to partner with, with MPAC, but ultimately, um, why, why here? Yeah. I, again, I was really craving that, like what those one-on-one -on -one relationships with patients and family members. Um, and I interviewed with Courtney um, and I felt like she treated me as an equal from the second I started interacting with her. Um, and I could see the excitement that she had for the program and the work that was being done, which made me excited about it too. And I remember leaving the interview and being like, 
oh my gosh, like I feel like so energized by this. And I feel so just excited about the opportunity to be able to provide this support to individuals who so desperately need it. Um, and I think as I like, got up and running at Lakeview and started actually doing the job, one of the things that stuck out to me is that all of the selling points for why I should join MPAC were things that like they were actually stood behind, you know, like the, providing support to patients in a crisis, for example, like yeah. that's a, a service we actually provide. It yeah. wasn't just something that we say we do because it sounds good. Yep. Um, and there's always challenges, you know, like working in healthcare, obviously financial things being a big part of that. But I always felt like the answer to a lot of the questions that I had about how should I engage with this patient? What are my next steps? I felt supported in like the simplicity that the answer was to do the right thing. And <laughs> there wasn't a lot of like, maybe a situation was really complex and challenging, but the answer usually was what's best for the patient. Like, okay, that's the next step I'll take. So being a part of something that is really doing, we're really doing what we say we're going to do is it means a lot, I think, especially in the healthcare system today. Yeah. I, I appreciate you pointing that out. I think uh, of all of our uh, core values of doing the right thing, right. seems like the most simple one, but I think is the most powerful one, right? Cause if you just take away all the nuances and all the complicating factors and just focus on doing what's right, the rest will fall into place. And so that's, okay. that's the model that we, you know, tried to, to, to live by. And as you pointed out, there are challenges, financial challenges. We get dictated how we're going to get paid and that's challenging, but um, we don't want to do this unless we're doing the right thing. And we'll, we'll sort of figure that those pieces out and yeah, it makes it more difficult for us on the business end, but um, we'd rather do it that way than, um, than to sort of cater to just the ways that you make money versus catering to the patient and doing the right thing for them, providing care and making it financially viable then as well. For sure, for sure. I'd say now that I'm on this side of things out of a facility, I think that it's, that's like reflected in how many individuals lives we've been able to touch. Like all of the MPAC clinicians across the board, whether they're LCSWs or NPs, like when you think about like the actual number of individuals whose lives have been impacted positively and changed because of the support that our clinicians have been able to provide for them. Like that's the coolest part, like to see that grow and to like spread that small piece of doing the right thing um, is really cool. That's really cool. Absolutely. I mean, when we started, honestly, never considered that we'd be running um, operations across four states and growing. We really were going to be right? A Chicago land provider and have, you know, 20 to 30 clients maybe, and that's it. But as soon as we recognized, wow, what we're doing is really making an impact on the people that we have access to. Why would we stop here? Why wouldn't we just keep going to add more and more people that we can help and, and, and serve from a medical and mental health perspective? And so that was really the 
if we have something good, why would we keep it to such a small patient population? Like let's, let's go. And so here we are, um, which is awesome. And, that, and now, now our job is to go out and find all the amazing people, um, right? All the, all the Abbeys of the world to get excited about what we're doing, join the team, jump in the boat, grab an oar and roll along with us so we can keep, keep you know, forwarding our mission. So with that set up, what keeps you at MPAC? I feel like this is the cliche answer, but it's the honest answer. <laughs> um, it's the people. I mean, it's the, the, the team that you're coming back to that also steps up to the plate with the same like, morals and values and really stands behind the mission statement. And, you know, knowing that if I have a question about something or if a clinician has a question about something and I'm not sure how to handle it, like bringing it to, you know, the next person is always going to yield the same result. Like we all have the ultimate, like same ultimate goal in place for the program and the patients that we're working with. So knowing maybe not always how to handle like the logistics of things, um, <laughs> but being able to, you know, stick true to that at the end of the day, I think is really important. Um, I guess that kind of is, it's two different things, but um, yeah, I think the team and having that, those individuals have the same, you know, kind of moral background or same idea for what they want the company and the programs to look like makes all the difference. Well, I mean, we, we preach culture all the time and that's, you know, ultimately we're pretty protective of, of our culture and make sure that the people that we're adding that are adding to the culture are following the same morals and values and are, are doing it the impact way. Ultimately that, that guiding light of do the right thing. Right. Um, and so that's obviously very, very important. And that's what helps us then keep like-minded individual, right? We, we want a disparity of points of view and we want to challenge what we think is right. And we want to get better and adjust as we talked about earlier, just keep adjusting and getting better and better, but we don't ever want to, um, veer off of our, our moral compass. And so it's important that we, we continue to find the people that, that, um, agree with that and, um, make this company even stronger and better. So, um, totally agree. Sure. Yeah. We can teach anyone how, you know, what healthcare, a healthcare system looks like or how a facility operates or that sort of thing, but who someone is like at their core and how they treat other people who are, maybe don't have as many resources as them or don't have as much support as them. Um, that is, those are the people that, you know, we've been able to bring on board, which I think, again, is really cool, so. It is really cool, it's really exciting. So, um, well, very grateful that you decided to join the team and um, and stay here and help us continue to push the mission forward and, and for taking the time to share your thoughts today and that very, very sweet story um, about that patient. I'm sure um, her passing was probably way more peaceful um, as a result of your involvement in her life than it otherwise would have been, and that's ultimately um, super meaningful for her and, and why we do what we do. So really appreciate that. Cool. Well, good seeing Thank you, you and thanks again. Yeah, you too. Have a good rest of the day. Thanks. You too. <laughs>